You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? And our Patreon supporters. Episode 41, Soil Health, The First Amendment. With host Linda Borgie and guest Evan Folds. Well, hello there. This is Linda Borgie from Farmyard. It's a movement. Have you heard? Actually, today I should be saying that you are just one seed away. And I should be saying that because today's podcast episode is all about the First Amendment. And in my book, that happens to be soil. Yepperoonie. I mean, wow, soil. You know, the earth beneath our feet, like everywhere you look, even if there's a road, honest to goodness gracious, the earth is underneath that road. And at Farmyard, we are well aware that we are not growing any plants to grow healthy people. Our focus is and always has been on growing soil. That's why we have a soil doctor. I mean, really, how many other places do you know that have a soil doctor? Yep, Aruni. So, Evan Folds, he is our soil doctor. And he is going to be talking about a lot of things that are happening in the earth beneath your feet. Right, Evan? Yes, ma'am. You're, oh, yeah. You're going to talk about it and talk about it. So, we really start to develop a conscious awareness, and hopefully at the end of the road, an intimate relationship, right? Mm, indeed. So tell us a little bit about soil and what, like myself, right? I have, I, I'm looking outside the window here and I see, I see brown soil, right? How would I know what, what, if that's good soil, bad soil, not soil, what 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 makes soil good? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, well, I think you know, in general terms, you're hitting on it. Soil is not soil. You know, uh, to break that apart, uh, you know, start starting with outside of your window. You're you're probably residing in a developed piece of property that was uh, constructed, even if it was 50 years ago, in ways that were uh, debilitating to the soil food web and the life in the soil and the, the way in which the soil had matured over countless years um, or, you know, uh, the soil was brought in from a source that had been adulterated or was that, you know, taken from a place that, that wasn't, uh, that was disrupted itself. So, you know, the bottom line is developed property is not a healthy place to be in regards to soil in general terms. Um, what grows the capacity of soil to be soil is microorganisms. Microorganisms, and, microorganisms. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll call those microbes. Uh, and I like to differentiate between soil microbes and uh, say gut microbes. My, you know, microbes are bacteria, fungi, protozoa, nematodes, uh, strange sounding words. People have heard of some of them, many people are fearful of them, but the large majority of microbes are beneficial. 
Uh, one could argue even the parasitic microbes are beneficial. They're food for the beneficial ones. So the balance of the food web, uh, the soil food web in terms of soil microbes, as it's called, is really the key. It's, it's not unlike considering the ocean. You know, it's kind of a crude analogy. But if people didn't eat fish and there were no sharks in the ocean, well, fish could be a parasite. Mm. It's the balance that really maintains the power of the system to maintain itself and produce the value that we take advantage of in terms of growing food and soil. So microbes are kind of our, our teammates, so to speak. A, you know, a really good analogy, I think, for microbes to help people think about it is uh, construction workers. You know, they, especially when you're regenerating soil, and we can talk about them separately, but com concepts such as, you know, composting or worm farming or compost tea or ways in which to generate um, are, are ways in which to regenerate soil and grow that capacity of the soil over time. And it's easy to think that you can just make a single application of compost and everything's right with the, with the soil food web. But if you think about how a construction site works, when you have a bare piece of land, you have the crew coming in almost every day, performing different functions, building different levels of value, the foundation, the framing, then the electrical, then, you know, you, the, you get the idea. The roof goes on. Um, and then at some point, the neighborhood kind of takes on a life of its own. And the value is innate within the relationships that are generated by the people that reside in that neighborhood. So the process of, the, of construction versus you know, the residual value of what's constructed takes seasons. It's not a, a, an immediate process. And in and of that concept is why a lot of people don't, uh, you know, aren't allowed to really allowing themselves to take advantage of it because it takes time and, and attention and patience, uh, which is something that, you know, doesn't come easily in the world and how we're trained to imagine it works. Kill the weed and, you know, chase the symptom around is pretty much how we operate collectively. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it really is um, a way that has to end immediately. And I just see it as a, as a gateway drug, honest to God, for me, that's what soil is. Uh, soil uh, uh, is, I'm so really addicted to the energy of soil. And very curious and interesting and um, entity as to what is happening right there beneath your feet. I mean, and, and different things are happening at different times of the day, and I'm not even talking about under a microscope. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the complexity of the universe under our feet is, uh, I mean, it's hard to put into words. It's, it's uh, beyond our ability to ever figure out completely. I mean, it was just the other day, I believe it was weeks or months ago uh, at this point, uh, in 2018, where there was some, I can't remember the university, but they discovered this new type of uh, bacteria that uh, worked as uh, an antibiotic. Yes. And it's, it was profound because, you know, as people have probably heard, there's a big issue with superbugs, you know, bypassing the ability of our antibiotics to control them. And it's, you know, a lot of people are getting sick going to the hospital because these superbugs are, are resistant. And, you know, here was this bacteria in, in the soil, uh, you know, under our feet the whole time. And what, what's interesting to note about that is, is not only is that profound and kind of give you an idea of, of the potential of what we can find when we start looking in the right places. But the reason that they had never found it before is because they couldn't isolate it in a lab and culture it individually. And so the takeaway is, you know, it, it's the food web itself that sustained the 
the applicability of that of that bacteria and the way in which we have operated, uh, you know, in terms of science and our, our you know, study of, of these microbes over time is really to isolate the tree from the forest and try to determine its value. And, and so I think that's really an apt uh, concept because once we start to understand not only this bacteria that was discovered, but, you know, archaea microbes, they, they've been around for, they were the original microbe arguably on earth. Uh, and we've just discovered them in, in recent history, uh, which is kind of ironic. You know, it's been there the whole time, but it's our ability to look and really understand how the systems work that, that allow us to realize the value of it. And, you know, as a, as a, uh, a yard farmer, right? Now let's, let's just take an average, an average family, right? That know nothing about, about soil, about growing food, about anything, right? So they could say, well, that's not a problem. I could go to the store. I could buy bags and bags of soil, and I could just bring those bags in. Why don't we talk a little bit about the fact that soil that is bagged is generally pasteurized, and pasteurization is a process of killing everything. Is that not correct? Yeah, yeah. That, it's funny. I just wrote an article for Garden Culture Magazine on uh, container gardening, and this topic was raised as a point of interest for the readers because it's it's a really good way of kind of flushing out the value of what soil is and what it's not. Um, bagged soil is not, you know, soil is one word. It's it's like you know, it's bagged soil. Let's call it dirt, right? It's like there's there's a limitation of language there at some point. It's like talking about water. Like there's limitless forms of water and, you know, constituencies and molecular structures, yet we have one word for it. Uh, and, and that's just the reality of, of language. But with, with soil, you know, the, sanita- the sanitization of the soil in terms of putting it in a bag based on how it's manufactured and formulated is necessary. It's sort of like uh, you know, milk pasteurization or orange juice pasteurization. Read the book Squeezed on the orange juice industry. And, you know, the imagination we have towards that being juice is really just a farce, unfortunately. And I hate to pop, pop people's bubbles. It's not necessarily right. bad for you, but it's engineered. The right. consistency, the mouthfeel, the taste, all of the, the consistency in the different brands of orange juice is engineered. And it's the same with soil. They're, they're sourcing, you know, different ingredients from you know, uh, peat bogs or, you know, core fiber or whatever it is that the materials that they're using and the ingredients and the worm castings in the background, and they're bringing it all together and they're mixing it up. Well, it's, it's not a, it's not a living organism. There's right. no, there's no cooperation amongst what really defines the essence of soil, which is a living organism in and of itself, right. like a forest. You don't have to fertilize a forest and it grows trees. Well, how does it do that? Well, it, it does that because of the basically the the coordination and, and competition between the organisms involved so you know you cannot manufacture that you have to generate it and nurture it and so you know the concept of of buying a potting soil is not necessarily bad i mean but the what happens in a practical sense is you really look for the cheapest source which is kind of human nature i mean you don't want to potting soil good potting soil can be very expensive you know 50 gallons is 100 bucks um, and, and that, that's like 10, five gallon pots, you know, so it can get ex- expensive really quick, uh, especially if you fill in raised beds and things like that. But we're going to, what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to stop right there just so that we can have a, a minute to, to, um, to, uh, have our sponsor 
say hello to our audience because I want to carry on with that. Not only just the bag soil, Evan, but what are some of the alternatives to not having to do it that way? Sure. So here's a brief word from our sponsor. My name is Henrietta, and the Raising Chickens in Your Backyard online course will help you learn about caring for your own backyard chickens. Chris Itterman of the Farmyard team is the course designer, cameraman, and narrator, but us chickens are the real teachers. This easy online course is designed to help you get started. By the end of the course, you will understand our normal behaviors, housing issues, and how to care for us chickens. By watching our routines, listening to our language, and hearing explanations and stories, you'll be able to make decisions on how you want to develop your own chicken lifestyle. If you're considering starting your own backyard flock, but you're still a little anxious about what you're about to get yourself into, this is the course for you. If you use the coupon in the show notes, it's just 10 clucks. I mean bucks. There are no requirements to enroll, but please bring a sense of humor and adventure to the class. Check out the show notes and enroll today. So we are back with Evan Foltz, and we are talking about um, bagged soil and seeing how Evan is our soil doctor at B Agriculture, B-E Agriculture. Yeah, and we'll give you all of that information in the show notes. And Evan, maybe you could also attach that article that you wrote for what, what, what was it, my dear, Garden News? Garden Culture Magazine. Garden Culture Magazine. Maybe you could include that as well for the listener. Sure, sure. So let's talk more about bagged soil and um, pasteurization and what are some of the solutions that that we have, um, you know, as alternatives? Yeah, well, I, I would break it down like this. There's nothing wrong with buying bagged soil. I would challenge people not to buy the cheap stuff. A lot of what you get is as you referenced, kind of aged manure. You make the connection that manures are made by gut microbes, not soil microbes. It's it's not it's unrefined unref- organic matter, but it's not valuable in the sense of plant food uh, until soil microbes break it down. So you, you get a lot of corners cut in the cheap soil mixes. Um, the good soils are still pasteurized, but they have and they have microbes added to it. And it's worth noting. You know, anytime you can list the types of microbes that are in a product, it's extremely limited. We know 5% of bacteria, 10% of fungi at the rate of discovery. So the idea that we can identify what's in there means there's a tremendous amount missing. Um, so having said all of that, it, alternatives would be to grow in, um, to make your own soil mix, um, which is, you know, feels more complicated than it really is. Um, it's about sourcing ingredients. If you if you're not efficient with your formulation, you know you can spend the money and time uh, until you kind of get the hang of it uh, in, in replication. Uh, but but that allows you to source really quality ingredients. You know exactly what goes into it, and it is cheaper by volume to do it in that way. So that that's an option. Um, and then of course just growing in in the soil and the earth itself, which is always the ideal. The problem is if you're farming your yard and you're pulling your grass up and Maybe you've had a chemical lawn care company, or maybe you've just ignored your landscape in terms of the fertility, which is almost better than having used chemicals on it. Um, the soil itself is going to be poor by default, unless you're extremely lucky for some reason. I've experienced 
Um, so in that respect, you really want to think about generating some sort of, of microbial outlet, composting or worm farming or compost tea um, and soil testing and really looking for what's there and balancing the minerals accordingly. Let's tell them about uh, uh, soil testing because soil testing is so important and perhaps you could briefly explain how to do a soil test. Yeah, well, soil testing it, in really can be done in two lanes. One that I'll, I'll talk about biological soil testing first. I, I tend not to encourage that because it's really neat and it's, it's uh, you know, gives you a lot of insight in terms of the particulars of what labs know about the soil, which again, as I mentioned earlier, was a little limited. But, you know, when you work with microbes, diverse microbes from a natural source, you don't really need to be concerned about what microbe is where. They, they self-organize, you know. So uh -huh. it's also quite expensive to get a, a biological lab test. At least $100, $100. a good one will run you $200, $250. So I, it's quite discouraging, in, in my opinion, uh, based on the value that you get. The other method of soil testing is uh, elemental soil testing, just traditional uh mineral soil testing and mm -hmm. yeah it, it that's kind of a catch-all word um but you know so I, I would break that down in this way i that you know you can go to your extension service and get a free soil test there you know I, it's hard not to pick on it but the, it's kind of like going to the doctor and they give you a pill rather than you know analyzing your blood and and changing your diet um if you will so you know the, the complexity and the sophistication of what they're doing is very limited. It's very pH driven. Um, the pH is not a definition of healthy soil, uh, a proper pH. You can have a perfect pH and have complete deficiencies in essential element uh, that, you know, would just limit the entire garden based on the law of the minimum. Um, so, you know, what, what I encourage is called base saturation soil testing. Uh, my outfit, B Agriculture, conducts the soil testing. Uh, it's available on our website along, along with deeper information about what we're talking about. But essentially what it, what it amounts to is, you know, piggybacking the work of Dr. William Albrecht back in the 40s. He, he spent a generation testing the soil relative to healthy situations and analyzing the mineral balance that you would need in the soil for health. Um, you know, it could be something like boron to calcium, boron, you want one one thousandth of boron to calcium in healthy soil. You want, you know, 60% calcium, 20% magnesium, 10% potassium, 7% sodium uh, in, in the base saturation. And that sounds very technical, so don't remember the technicality of it, but essentially think about it this way. Soil is sand, clay, and organic matter on paper. Now, it's much more than that, obviously, but for the sake of the discussion, sand is like the perlite in your potting soil. It's, it's inert. It doesn't hold anything. It's there for drainage. The clay and the organic matter have a net negative charge. So there's a term called cation exchange capacity. And essentially what that means is the more negatively charged your soil is, the more clay and organic matter that you have innate in your soil horizon, mm -hmm. the more negative binding sites there are to hold positive elements because opposites attract like a magnet. So when you have, if you look at the array of essential elements, which is defined to be the elements that are required for plant growth, not what plants want, but what they have to have. And that's kind of the, the first round of what we're looking at. The large majority of them are positively charged. Calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium, and most of the micros that I just mentioned, are, is all positive. So within the ability, 100% of the ability of your cation exchange capacity to hold elements, you want 60% of that to be cal calcium, for example. And, and that's what those percentages are referencing. So when you do a soil test, you actually want to look at the relative base saturation of those elements 
compare it to what it should be in terms of the healthy you know, sweet spot that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. And then we can actually do the math based on what you're missing to, to generate that balance. But you do the math, correct? Yeah, yeah exactly. And so the, right. there's technicality in, in the interim, and it's always my effort to try to help people you know, understand the merits of what they're doing. But if you don't want to know how it works, that's fine too. It's basically what it means is the base saturation approach is going to deliver a custom recommendation of the minerals you need to balance your soil elementally, as opposed to, you know, people may be familiar with using lime to increase pH in soil. Like if you have an acidic soil, it, you know, the mindset is, oh, it's acidic. It's like battery acids, you know, this, that, and the other. What, what it really means is there's more hydrogen there uh, than hydronium. And so the more hydrogen ions, the more acidic. Hydrogen is also a positive element. So if you're following me with this, right. let's say you're deficient in calcium and magnesium. Well, we're, what's going to replace it in that base saturation is hydrogen. hydrogen. So you've got more of an acidic scenario, which essentially a different way of saying that is your soil is empty. It's devoid of the elements you do want and what's replaced it is hydrogen. So when you add the lime, make the connection that lime is calcium. And you know if it's dolomitic, it's got magnesium and you know I digress. But for the sake of the discussion, let's say it's calcium. Well, when you add that lime, that calcium, the positive charge on the calcium is stronger than the hydrogen. It kicks the hydrogen off. Therefore, the pH goes up. And so if you've done that, you can correct the number on the piece of paper. But what if you have a manganese deficiency or an iron deficiency or a potassium deficiency? You're not amending the soil relative to what's missing. You're amending the soil relative to a number on a piece of paper. And that's a lot of what people miss in terms of the true potential of agronomic situations. They're not looking at the balance. They're looking at key metric numbers, data points. That's why we need, that's why we need a soil doctor, Evan. Yeah. Honest yeah. to God, because really that's what it takes that, um, that the listeners are going to go out, they are going to take a soil sample and I'm going to get you to tell them how to physically do that. Or I'll tell them, you know, you dig up an area, you know, a shovel, dig down a little bit, three or four different sections of your property, right? And then you take a cup and you take a cup of each of those sections and put it in a five gallon pail, shake a, shake a, shake a, and then you put this in a vial, correct, Evan, and ship it off to Logan. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, you, if you're going to do the soil test solutions, um, if you go to beagriculture.com, yeah. we actually send you out instructions Perfect. and a sampling kit. And we do that. Uh, I mean, you can ship it straight to the lab, but we do that because it is, it, it's, you want to be as particular as you can about how to access the sample. For example, you want to go six inches down. If you can't because you got hard pan for some reason, um, you know, you got to let the lab know. So because they, they sample the, the assay differently, you know, sure. different elements settled to different uh, horizons in the soil. So the point being is we send out really detailed, easy to follow instructions with, you know, a, a pre-stamped envelope to return the stuff. That's just part of the cost of, of doing it. So we try to take care of as much of the legwork as possible. And then, you know, we ask for uh, three, four weeks for a turnaround, and most of the time it's sooner, and we deliver you a report that's you know, shows you your data, teaches you about how to think about it if you'd like to inv- invest in that, and then, you know, w- specifically what to do. Uh, and, and the cool thing is most of what you need to use to correct the balance are commodities. You know, it's limes and, you know, uh, potassium sulfate or whatever it may be that you can access from a local garden center. And I believe that uh – 
there will be a place on your website for the listener to put in the discount code PharmaYard, and they'll get 10% off the uh, the price on your website. Is that correct, Evan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we're going to work strategically with you, and we want to make this process available. And, you know, the whole goal of Bee Agriculture is to really, you know, what we think we grow. We want, want to meet people where they want to be met, about what they want to know, and empower people to do as much of it on their own as possible. Uh, so that that's really the whole you know, the future is open source and decentralized, so we're trying to get a get ahead of the game there. It sure is. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for coming on this podcast today. I even followed everything, even the cation exchange. I followed, no way. I did. I, I did. <laughs> I pictured it in my head, pluses and minuses. All right on. They're all floating around in my head. Thanks an awful lot, and I really can hardly wait. Um, to talk about activated water and, and implosion and stirring. And that'll be our next, um, our next date together. Thanks a lot, honey. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Thank, I want to thank the listeners. Thank you so much for listening. And a shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. I know how much you're enjoying this content. Because our downloads just keep rising and rising. Keep sharing and sharing. You're doing a great job. Many blessings. Catch on the flip side. And until then, go farm that yard. This podcast is community supported. We thank everyone for tuning in. And a special thank you goes out to all our Patreon supporters. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe and share. You can help support us through Farmyard, all one word, on patreon.com.